You're listening to Community Now on Hope FM with Keith Jones Bookshop, serving the community for over 50 years. Visit keithjones.co.uk. Well, my very special guest today is Major David Alton. He heads up the work uh, with his wife at Boscombe Salvation uh, Army, which, of course, is one of the largest corps in the United Kingdom, David, isn't it? It is, yes. Uh, that's right. Because the, I think, of course, Winton as well, because mm-hmm. between the two corps, mm-hmm. they, they've uh, uh, blossomed, really, haven't they? Absolutely. But let's turn the clock back. I mean, how did the whole journey of faith begin for you was it was it always connected with the Sally army no not at all i i was brought up in a a, a nominal anglican family and uh, would go to church and at university would would go out on sunday morning and, and attend and would stand up and sit down and and uh, it meant something to me but i didn't have that personal relationship with jesus mm. and it wasn't until a, a salvation army uh, girl challenged me about that um, I'd been chasing her, and she caught me. <laughs> and uh, she challenged me and said, uh, did I know who Jesus was? And uh, I tried to dodge the question. And that led me to, to look at, you know, who is Jesus and, and what is his uh, relationship with me? What's mine with him? And the ball started rolling from there and had a a, a very particular experience of, of accepting Christ, led to Christ uh, where I worked. Uh, at a printing company by a, a lovely guy from the print department who was Gospel Hall. And uh, from there, I I decided that if this relationship with this, this the girl was going to work, we, we needed to worship together. And uh, after praying about it, I ended up in the Salvation Army. We ended up married, and we ended up Salvation Army officers. The rest, the rest. Is, we're going to be talking about about uh, all of that, but uh, but let's talk about because I'm obviously there's a lot of people that do go to churches, you know, and of course people turn out for the special occasions. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess the Sally Army, you probably get people on Christmas Day and so on, and maybe an Easter that perhaps would normally mm-hmm. come. But it is interesting, isn't it, how people can even be regular attenders at church, and yet the penny hasn't quite. Dropped yeah. as to what it's all about. Uh, why, why do you think that is? I, I think uh, so often it's about culture, isn't it? You, you come along to church and it's a culture that you're brought up in um, and it's something that you don't necessarily hold off at arm's length, but it, it needs a, a particular moment from God where the penny will drop. It may be an instance, uh, it might be a, a service or a speaker or a preacher or an event. Sometimes it's just that wonderful move of the Holy Spirit where you suddenly go, hang on a minute, I get this. Um, like, the, like the light being switched on. The light being switched on. And for me, you know, um, actually the, 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 the faith group, the, the denomination I've been brought up in, um, was preaching the gospel. It's just that I wasn't listening to it, mm. you know. And once I had that experience of Jesus going to the, 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 the Anglican services, being part of the liturgy and, and joining in with everything... I got it, I understood it, because I had a relationship with Jesus. Uh, It wasn't simply a cultural thing. It wasn't simply just going along and attending. I was now part of the the, the wider church, the body of Christ, because I'd come to faith in Jesus. So it made so much more sense to me once I'd had that experience of of being led to Christ and accepting Christ as my saviour. So when you had that challenge uh, from the girl that you quite fancied, Mm -hmm. um, did it make you feel a little bit uncomfortable? Oh, gosh, yes. And not for the first time. In in, in all the years we've been married, for for 33 uh, years of of marriage, that's 
that's been a, a, a she still challenges she still challenges me every 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 day no i it did um i i was really interested and i i thought this could go somewhere as did she but uh, jane was never going to commit to anybody who didn't know jesus and um, she made that claim too and she made that very plain and clear um, and I'd, I was studying uh, religious studies uh, at university, so uh, I sort of uh, fudged a, a bit of a question and tried to get all highbrow on her, but she was having none of it. Um, so I, I started to, to really investigate that and went along occasionally to the Salvation Army as well as going to my own denomination. And it was the, the simple message of a, a very sincere uh, uh, single lady officer preaching the gospel. I thought, hang on a minute, this this is this is new. This is different. I've I've not heard it presented in those terms before, and I think that was the marker that God gave that that made me begin that journey of of commitment and faith and and, and repentance and saying, yeah, actually. I want to be a Jesus man. <laughs> well, we'll talk because you also talked about something special that happened at work uh, mm. as well. We'll talk about that. But let's have your first piece of music. Now, I've been telling people about this brand new album mm. uh, that, that is coming out, but there's a reason why the album was produced, isn't there? Yes. Yeah. Our bandmaster, uh, Dr. Howard Evans, um, he'd already he and the band had already produced a, a CD for for uh, Easter, uh, an Easter journey. And Howard was so keen that the the band produced a, an advent journey, a, a Christmas album that uh, tries to lead people through the advent journey towards Christmas using appropriate uh, music and some some spoken biblical uh, texts as well um, to encourage people in that contemplation, that journey, rather to uh, arrive at Christmas bang straight away and hit the deck, to actually have that sense of advent that. A participation in in waiting in preparation in contemplation well let's hear the first of those tracks which is angel trumpets angel trumpets <laughs>
That's Angel Trumpets, a lively piece of uh, of music there. Uh, who was it? Hard the bandmaster who did the arrangement? No, it's uh, it's an arrangement by a guy called Richard Phillips. Howard has arranged some of the music on the CD, but and of course, Hard is your current bandmaster. He is, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's he's been bandmaster for for quite a, a length of time. But as a as a committed Salvationist and a professional musician, he's a, a, an absolute godsend to to our uh, worship and and our band. And of course, what we just heard is off the brand new album which of course is all about the Advent season that's right uh, which is great and, and of course it's called Advent Journey yeah uh, we'll, we'll tell you how you can get a hold of that album a, a wee bit later on in the programme we were just talking uh, before we played the music there about David's personal journey mm-hmm. of faith and uh, and Jane uh, his, um, well, hope for girlfriend, I guess it was at the time, and now, of course, your wife of how many years? Um, oh, that's a test, isn't it now? 33. 33 years, wow. Uh, but um, obviously, Jen challenged, uh, mm. you know, you, and there you were doing your religious studies and you mm. were going to church and so on, but Penny hadn't dropped. But then uh, there was a series of events, and you mentioned hearing the lady preach at the at the core. That's right, but yes. But other things happened, wasn't there? I, I think the, there were other signposts that... Uh, that occurred in our lives you know after we were married we were involved in a a little tiny Salvation Army congregation in the northeast of England where we were we were just chugging along quite nicely doing the things that we did and we were both members of the Gideons uh, the forgetful yeah. people who who leave their Bibles all over the place, <laughs> and um, yeah, life was good. And then I I had this strong sense of a call from God to full time ministry. Well, in those days in the Salvation Army, if you were married, it was both of you or neither. So of you. you had to have both of you had to have the call. Both of you had to have the call. So you were getting the stirring. So I had the stirring, and Jane didn't. Uh, Jane was a primary school teacher. I worked in uh, for the career service, and. Um, yeah, we we uh, came to the conclusion that if I was called, we had to go elsewhere and leave the Salvation Army. So we went to St. Nicholas's Church in Durham City in the marketplace there where George Carey had been the vicar many years before. And the, the current vicar was Reverend Michael Wilcock, who writes in the Bible Speaks Today series, a Keswick Convention speaker, a, a, a very, uh, very uh, renowned uh, speaker. Uh, and, and the lay preacher there was, was uh, David Day, who again is, is very well known in preaching circles. 
and um, we started going to St Nick's um, and were there for a number of years and we invest- I investigated ministry in the Church of England but never entirely felt that that was for me. And then one year at a Gideon conference and convention in Birmingham um, on the Sunday morning we had to all go out to various churches to talk about the work of the Gideons. Mm. And somebody said, oh, I've got to go to the Salvation Army, but I don't know much about it. And I said, well, I used to be in the Salvation Army. I'll, I'll, come, go, I'll go. come with you. I'm your man. And um, from the, the moment I set foot through the door of the Salvation Army, I don't know where it was in Birmingham I went, I was under conviction that I had to return. Um, so the service was ended and I, I struggled with this conviction. And it wasn't until we went back home from Birmingham to Durham that, that I sort of confessed to Jane that I felt the Lord saying that we needed to be back in the Salvation Army. And Jane and I had never discussed it at all. Mm. And she said, oh, I'm glad you say that because that's what the Lord's saying to me as well. <laughs> um, well that must make you feel amazing, you know, blown you away. Or- oh, yeah, so we made a, we laid a fleece before the Lord and said, right, we'll ring a local Salvation Army congregation, we'll ring the, the officer, and if they say, come and talk to us, this is a sign from God. Well, the first one didn't have the time to talk to us. The second one was going on holiday. And the third one was emigrating to, to Norway or Denmark or somewhere. So it's right, one more call. One more. And if it's... So it wasn't it. even third time lucky. No, it was, it was fourth, fourth time, time. lucky. Yeah. So we rang and the officer of the Chesterley Street Corps of the Salvation Army said, yes, when would you like to come round? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we went to see them and we we rejoined the Salvation Army. And um, the following Easter, uh, we went to the Salvation Army in Whitehaven in Cumbria. Um, I'm from Workington, just nearby. And uh, my wife felt a a, a strong sense of call from God that that she should also answer and and respond. And um, the rest, as they say, is history. So obviously you had the chat. How do you then begin the journey for training? I mean, obviously you have the Salvation Army has to say, yeah, we agree that your calling is from God. Yeah, Um, you you have to approach your 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 officer, your your minister, and they put you in touch with the divisional uh, person responsible for that. So hence you 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 start with the chap in Chester, Uh, starting with the the officer in Chesley Street, and he put us in touch with divisional headquarters. And um, in those days, you had to go for the first initial series of interviews and. Over a while, you have to have national interviews, and then you go for a, a weekend. So it's of, quite a long process, then. Yeah, absolutely, like any others. And and then you had to have you had to do lessons and and preparation. So it's a you know a couple of years of preparation before you even go. You then do two years full time training at the Salvation Army Training College, and then you on appointment and ordination you serve a, a probationary period for five years as a lieutenant after which time you become a captain, you're affirmed in your officership. Um, so it's it's really, a, you know, a seven, a seven, eight, nine, it's a quite a lengthy period of, of, of training. Um, little did I know that years later, my wife and I would spend six and a bit happy years as the spiritual programme directors at William Booth College training Salvation Army officers. Um, <laughs> God has a sense of humour. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. But I mean, although that was a, a very long preparation period for you, I suppose it also gives you a chance to crystallise your call, you yes. know, to know absolutely this is totally right for That's us. Right. But also, what, what were the key things for you about that, that journey of training? I, I think uh, that, that journey of training was, was very affirming 
um, and there were signposts along the way that that really confirmed that this is what I should be doing. You know, um, the Lord uh, doesn't necessarily have fiery letters in the sky, but he puts people in your path that challenge and confirm and affirm, that, that enrich your experience. And you also have experiences through training, through uh, the, the placements that you go on where you just see God at work and you think, yeah, I, you know, I, I really want to be part of this. And, of course, you know, in training you, you're reminded of the, the, the great heritage and history of the Salvation Army as a very unique movement. And that just gives you a strong sense of, of affirmation that actually this is something I want to be part of. And I think as a convert to the Salvation Army, you know, you, you marvel at some of the history, whereas the people who've been brought up who are fourth, fifth, sixth generation Salvationists, they're very comfortable with it and, and, and very knowledgeable on it. But it's, it's sort of part of their culture for them, whereas folk who come from the outside go... Wow, this is amazing! You know, this is just such a story of of of, of God's move and a, a movement that sparked uh, you know interest and and inspired and and uh, became very much a, a catalyst for, for for change and service as well as preaching the gospel. Now, obviously, a large a large part of that training would have been theological, mm-hmm. but was it just theological? Because when you think of the Salvation Army, the, the Salvation Army has has got a social heart always, yes. isn't it? Yeah. Uh, to the people and is recognised mm. for that. Mm. Was there a lot of training about the culture and the modern world? Yes. Yeah. I mean, the 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 uh, the training that we have are it's about being, knowing, and doing, uh, and the three are inextricably linked. You know, the the whole idea of of the Salvation Army as a holiness movement, that Wesleyan social uh, service and and social conscience is is very much shot through the Salvation Army. So uh, as a reflective uh, uh, practitioner, you look at the way being, knowing and doing works together and and contributes to your your understanding and your development. Um, But yeah, alongside the the theology and and the the biblical studies and what have you, there was very much an emphasis on going out and doing this and understanding how the doing uh, fits with the the wider gospel and with mission uh, and evangelism. Well, my very special guest today is uh, Major David Alton, of course, who heads up uh, currently heads up the work of the Boscombe Corps of the Army in Palmerston Road, and we've been talking about his life and and his faith. Now, I think we left it right in the the early days at the Anglican Church, Mm -hmm. St. Nicholas, and uh, and of course, following in the footsteps uh, uh, of of some fam- famous people, and then obviously others who came after you as well. What what was the highlight for you there at at St. Nicholas's? Yes, um, I think being exposed to some of the great preachers of the Evangelical Anglican tradition. You know, um, Michael Wilcock himself, the, the the vicar there, was a a great Keswick Convention speaker and Bible teacher. And uh, David Day, the the lay reader at the time, was a a marvellous orator. He later became ordained in the Church of England. But uh, Michael would invite his friends to come and preach. So John Stott would come and preach. Um, Alec Mottier would come So you got the creme de la creme. So we got some serious hitters, and that was just a time of, of great nurture and uh, such a, a wonderful and rich experience to have those kind of people speak uh, Bible truths into into your life. Just marvellous. And in, in those early days, did you and Jane both share in the ministry? Um uh, 
when we were commissioned uh, as Salvation Army officers, you are commissioned individually and, and then appointed as a couple. So, you know, we, we bring our own strengths, our own abilities uh, to God's service. Uh, we started our, our ordained and commissioned ministry in Dundee. Aye, uh, in Scotland, Scotland um, we were a couple of years in, in Dundee, at Dundee Central Corps of the Salvation Army. Uh, in the Salvation Army, you don't necessarily get a choice as to where you're appointed. You know, like the Methodist tradition. That's right. Yeah. And we are an army. You know, the metaphor uh, yes. holds true. So after a, a couple of years in Dundee, we uh, were appointed even further north in Scotland to Peterhead, or if you're a local, Peterhead. <laughs> uh, which is a fishing town and very much the Bible belt of, of, of northeast Scotland. Um, you know, Peterhead had more churches than pubs. It was it was one of those places. And a, a wonderful few years in, in Peterhead working in the fishing, uh, with the fishing community and the building a new Salvation Army Hall in Peterhead, which was a, a marvellous challenge, but the community got behind it and uh, we were greatly blessed in, in building the hall and, uh, and lots of new work starting in Peterhead and people coming into a relationship with Jesus. You know, we had Alpha, we had all sorts of stuff going on. And then one day we got a, a, a phone call from our divisional commander, the Salvation Army equivalent of a superintendent or a bishop. Mm-hmm. I said, I need to see you right now. Really? Ominous. It, it does. It, it felt like, what have I done? What have they discovered? What mistakes have I, uh, I made? And my wife and I were summoned to his house, not to his office. And um, he said, oh, my wife is at the national conference where they decide the moves of Salvation Army officers. Um, we want you to move. And this was news to us. How long had you been then? Up in We'd Pe- been in Peterhead for about three years. Mm-hmm. And um, he said, we want you to move. Um, and we will tell you where you're going, which is unheard of in Salvation Army circles. You don't get to know. Until the last Well, minute. then, in the olden yeah. days, you didn't get to know. Now you do. Um, so he said, we want to move you further south. And he thought, oh, that's great. Except it was to Aberdeen, which wasn't that further south, really, in the grand scheme. <laughs> further south in Scotland. That's right. So yeah. so we were at Aberdeen for about six years or so, um, and seven years. And um, we, again, were uh, in charge of a, a, a fairly hefty sort of uh, building project, a £3 million building project. The, the Salvation Army in Aberdeen was designed by a, a chap called James Souter. Uh, William Booth had done a motorcade tour of, of Scotland, and he saw Balmoral and was so impressed by Balmoral. Mm-hmm. And in Aberdeen at the time, the, uh, the, the church fathers and the, the burgesses of the city of Aberdeen didn't approve of the, the rather rowdy and common Salvation Army in their city. Mm-hmm. Uh, so William Booth had this idea, if he built the Salvation Army citadel to look like Balmoral, as good uh, loyal subjects of Her Majesty Queen Victoria, they wouldn't complain. Ah. So if you go to Aberdeen now, the citadel is still there, looking very much like Balmoral. Uh, and it was William Booth's um, rather cheeky sort of, come on if you think you're hard enough. And did, uh, it, did his strategy work? It worked, yes. You know, And, and the, the Salvation Army in Aberdeen um, has and still has a, a very uh, very good relationship with the, uh, the, the Lord Provost, the, the Mayor and the Council and what have you, and is, is still very much part of the community up there. The lovely thing is, just before we left Aberdeen, um, the, the Lord Provost approached me and said, we would like to make you... Uh, a, f- uh, a free Burgess of the city of Aberdeen 
Um, and so just before I left, I was made a free Burgess of the city. And you think, gosh, you know, the Salvation Army has come full circle. Once upon a time, we weren't even uh, good enough to, to come to the city. Now, you know, the now army has been acknowledged. So as does that give you freedom to drive sheep through sheep the city? Through, I, I'd love to give that a go, to be honest, Blair. <laughs> I think that would be great to see if I could test that one. But uh, it was a great honour. And again, we saw some wonderful stuff happen. Uh, God did some great stuff while we were in Aberdeen. And then we we got uh, told that it's time to move again, and we were given a, a just a, a, an indication of a postcode that we might occupy, um, and it turned out to be the the William Booth uh, Training College in in Camberwell in in London, and Jane and I went there as tutors, and then after a year became the the spiritual directors of the college and did that for a number of years, um, and then we're told we're coming to Boscombe. Ah, fantastic. Well, let's talk a little bit about your time at the college. I suppose one of the, 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 the marks of the Salvation Army is that you guys have never really lost uh, the sense of, of the gospel, of, mm. the, of that being totally central. Mm. And, of course, reaching out to the community in the multiplicity of ways that the Salvation Army does. Sadly, of course, it's not true of other denominations, like, like indeed, the, the Methodist uh, mm. congregation, where, where, there, where somewhere along the line, uh, the, uh, you're not, not everywhere is the gospel preached, which mm. seems astounding when you think about Charles Wesley and, and, uh, and, uh, and of course, John Wesley. Um, you know, uh, why do you think that is why, why do you think in some cases because obviously training would have been absolutely critical mm. uh, and it has worked for the Salvation Army but it doesn't seem to have worked everywhere no I, I think the, the Salvation Army has always emphasized the the the, the, the practical application of of the gospel that that the word and work are inextricably linked in some ways it reminds me of of some of the the the, the historical religious orders like the Benedictines the Franciscans you know where work and and worship work and witness and mission are all inextricably linked and I think you know the, the, the Salvation Army takes that that St Francis uh, Assisi thing of preach the gospel and where necessary use, use words, words. Yeah. you know I, yeah. I think you know we, we're, we're unashamed of the words that you know we are a blood and fire movement we know we preach the, the blood of Christ shed for our sins we preach and, and experience the power and uh, indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit um, we, we, we provide social care and and help people irrespective of their faith position their 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 gender their creed their orientation their their background etc but we are still unashamed that we are jesus people that the motivation for helping is is love of jesus and a desire to serve uh, humanity in his name um you're always going to get the gospel with the salvation army you know we 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 will feed you we won't preach at you but the gospel is is the determining factor. It's a non-negotiable. It's a non-negotiable. You know, um, I I remember in Dundee once being called to do a a funeral for a, a family. The the they'd lost their father, and I was summoned to the house. And uh, we'd made a cup of tea for the father in the Second World War. We were the nearest thing to church he ever got, so we were asked to do his funeral. And the guy said, um, "We'd like you to do the funeral, but we would like you not to mention God." I said, I'm terribly sorry, but God and I come as a package. Um, you know, uh, you, yeah. you're, you're going to get God if you've got the Salvation Army. Um, and uh, the, the, I, I politely declined the funeral and suggested maybe a humanist uh, celebrant would be uh, their best bet. 
Um, and they got back me a couple of days later and go, OK, bring God with you. <laughs> and, and, you know, I mean, that cup of tea that we made during the Second World War has been paid for by countless generations who remember their parents and their grandparents saying, I remember what the Salvation Army did for me in the war. I remember what the Salvation Army did for my family. And and, and that's a huge privilege to, to be part of that ongoing movement to say, you know, people have high regard for what we do. And, and you're absolutely right. And of course, that high regard is from generation down to generation. Uh, and of course, even now, because the Salvation Army is currently reaching out in all sorts of different ways. We should say, of course, that not everybody who would go and worship with you at the core are officers. Oh, no. Because you do you call them adherents? Um, so so officers in the Salvation Army are, are, are clergy, are, are ordained and commissioned uh, yes, mini- like ministers. ministers. Yeah. Um, you can become a soldier of the Salvation Army and that involves a living to a certain soldier's covenant. We used to call it the Articles of War. Um, oh, I like that. And you I make, like it. You make a series of promises um, to say this is how you, you, you want to live and this is what you're going to do in terms of serving Jesus and being part of the church. If you say, look, I want to be a, a member of the Salvation Army, but I don't want to go down the route of making these promises or wearing a uniform, then you can become an adherent. So a soldier would wear a uniform, a yeah? soldier, Well, a soldier doesn't have to wear a uniform. You mm-hmm. can be a soldier of the Salvation Army and, and opt not to wear a uniform as well. You know, we, we're flexible enough in that regard. But an adherent says, this is my place of worship. I belong to the Salvation Army. I, I want to be part of it and serve God in this way but I don't want to, to go down the route of, of that particular route of discipleship. So it's just levels of types of discipleship. Or indeed, you can come along to the Salvation Army and be neither a soldier or an adherent. Just attend, just be a friend, come. It really is matterless in, in, in one sense, you know, how you how you arrive at the Salvation Army. It's the fact that we want you to feel welcomed and, and part of the, the fellowship and the family. Well, let's have your next uh, piece of music. And going back to the band from the brand new album mm-hmm. again, this one for Onto Us, uh, A Child Is Born. A wee bit of handle. You, you can't be a, a bit of a spin. It's you know the the arrangement does take liberties a little bit with with Handel's work, but I I think uh, it's such a, a a lovely a lovely arrangement uh, by by William Gordon.
Well, a touch of Handel there, <laughs> played in the Salvation Army way, uh, of course, from the brand new uh, Christmas album, uh, The Advent Journey, and that was the Boscombe uh, Band of the Salvation uh, Army uh, that you heard there. My very special guest, Major David Alton, we're talking, we, we left you, you and your wife at the Theological mm. College. So what did you enjoy most then about, because obviously you're, you're shaping the lives yes. then of future uh, ministers, mm. effectively, often. I guess it's a bit like spiritual vampirism. <laughs> you you are so enriched and uh, buoyed up by the, 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 the stories and experiences of the, the cadets, we call them cadets, mm-hmm. uh, that you train. And it's just a joy to see their blossoming and their flourishing and their, their desire to engage in, in ministry and follow their calling. And, and that was so enriching for us to be uh, involved in that. Uh, and even now, you know, after uh, after five or six years of being away from the training college, some of our former students will still get in touch and ask questions. And, and, uh, and Jane and I have the privilege of, of journeying with some of them in terms of mentoring, in terms of guidance and advice. Uh, and it is, it's so marvellous to see some of them uh, engaging in, in different ministries and, and new challenges and what have you. But also just to be part of of what happens in London, you know, sometimes it, it felt like the, the London-centric Salvation Army, you know, because our national headquarters is there, our international headquarters is there. Um, so to be part of that hub of, of activity and relationships was also uh, great fun and, and very informative. Um, yeah, it, it, it was a, a wonderful time, and we would say that was one of our most uh, rewarding appointments. Not that Boscombe isn't, um, just in different ways. So that was six years you were at the Theological mm-hmm. College, and then then you get the call again? Yes, um, it came as a, quite a, 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 a surprise to us. It was a week before the, the national moves are announced. So we were helping our, our cadets mm-hmm. prepare for the, the notice that they would be given as to where they're going for their first appointments. Mm-hmm. And they, they were our focus. Um, and then the phone call came from territorial headquarters. Could you go and see the secretary of personnel? You can either go tomorrow or you can go next week. Well, of course, there was no way we were going next week. So we put our uniforms on, sneaked out of the the campus so that nobody saw where we were going. And we went to territorial headquarters and we were ushered into the presence of the secretary for personnel. And he said, "Um, you'll gather we want you to move. Well, this was news to us. Um, He said, you know, this is where we want you to go. Well, I laughed and my wife cried. Mm. Because we'd heard of the reputation of Boscombe, you know, this this big core band mm. and songsters yeah. and one of the largest in, in, in Europe and what have you. Um, and he said, will you go? So when you hear your wife cry, she cried with happiness? Uh, mm, uh, no. Or fear? Uh, f- I think fear and trepidation. Mm. Uh, um, and, um, and the secretary personnel said, would you go? And, well, you see, the only thing I've got to offer God as a Salvation Army officer is my availability. So I've always said that to cadets in training. All you can offer God is your availability. The Army appoints you, you pack up your bag, you unpack your ministry, and you crack on and get on with it. So, of course, if I've said that for six years to cadets... You're not going to say something different. I'm not going to say... And my wife and I have lived under that conviction that that's what God wants of us. So we said, of course we'd go. Now, OK, my laughing and, and Jane crying, you know, um, it was just the unknown. 
Um, it just so happened that the Secretary for Personnel and many of his family worship at Boscombe uh, and his own father had once been the Salvation Army officer at Boscombe. Um, <laughs> so we, we got back to the training college and it was a very difficult weekend. My son um, developed epilepsy at that time and had had a series of seizures so he was a little un- un- unwell and my daughter was coming to the training How college. old was your son at that time? He, he had his first seizure when he was 16 so uh, he, he was a, a few a couple of years on um, but my daughter was coming to the training college that weekend for her assessment to become a Salvation Army officer mm. so neither of our kids knew that we'd had this conversation so after my daughter's assessment conference we had to sit down with her and say where we're, we're going to be moving and of course she was coming to the training college to train so it was all very complicated but we came to Boscombe our predecessors gave us a look around and what have you and so many of our concerns about the nature of Boscombe as a core were were addressed and, and we realised that you know um, we'd been misinformed that actually it's a very friendly very warm uh, and, and wonderful place and of course you've been there for how long we've been here we're going into our sixth year we came at christmas uh, five years ago we've now just gone into our sixth so uh, it, it's been a, a a great journey thus far for with the the, the, the people of Boscombe, the congregation and the community um, of course we navigated a couple of years of uh, horrendous uh, lockdown but by the grace of God, we were able to to uh, survive and thrive. Our BH1 project, our outward-looking social project, where we, we serve those in need in the community, the, the homeless, the vulnerably housed, those who are marginalised. Our BH1 continu- project continued all the way through lockdown, and that was a great blessing, and we managed to put uh, services online. So, you know, we, we, uh, we've been greatly blessed in, in terms of coming out of the other end of COVID. And the fantastic thing is we have retained our children and young people, which not every church or Salvation Army Corps can say. What do you put that down to, David? I, I think some of the diligence of our, our youth and children's uh, volunteers and workers who kept contact, who did uh, Zoom uh, things. I know, I know as adults, you know zooms yeah. can be a, a, a difficult thing we know those immortal words you're on mute <laughs> you're on mute you're on mute <laughs> you're yes on mute. um so i think we, we put that down to the contacts that were kept and the way in which our our youth and children's leaders kept faith with our kids mm-hmm. and uh, in in terms of the uh, you know uh, of what you do with the young people i mean do they get involved in the full life of the core in different ways you know like with the with the band as oh absolutely and um, not only do we have uh, children get involved uh, with their own choir and their own uh, junior band we have some of our young people who actually uh, serve in the senior band as well they're, they're you know competent enough musician, musicians <laughs> that that they get involved but um they're they're a great bunch of kids and even this christmas as the adults uh, in the band and the the songsters the choir go out and and sing and play in, in public uh, our uh, our young people will be doing the same so the singing company will be at castle point at one point uh, tonight no, tomorrow night we have the District Cub Scout Carol Service and our YP band, our junior band, will play for the, 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 the Cub Carol Service. It will be augmented with one or two uh, adults, but it's, it's young people serving young people. Which is, which is fantastic. Now, I know uh, part, quite apart from all that you and, and Jen do within the core, uh, you're also very much an ecumenical mm. man in fact you are now chairman have been chairman for a while of the Bournemouth uh, Incorporated Free Church 
Council, right. either completely uninitiated. Tell us, what is that? For over 100 years, the, 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 the incorporated Bournemouth Free Church Council has brought together the non-conformist denominations. So for those who don't speak ecumenism, everybody who's not an Anglican or a Catholic, yeah. um, every free church type denomination, especially the historical denominations, Methodism, United Reform, as uh, Presbyterianism, Congregationalism, as was Baptists, Salvation Army, those kind of historic denominations, um, in a in a fellowship, in a an, in a council that sought to advance the gospel through free church relationships. Over time, what happened was the the Free Church Council uh, was in a, a wonderful position to own a number of flats. So we we have about forty plus flats in a, a, a complex that that the Free Church Council own, and um, it's housing for people fifty plus. Um, and it's a lovely flats. In fact, tonight I'm going to do their carol service. As the president of the Free Church Council, I'm, I'm conducting and preaching at the carol service. Um, and it's a, it's a lovely complex. And uh, that uh, block of, uh, of, of housing actually uh, earns an income, which means we can distribute the surplus and support Christian and humanitarian projects in the, the Bournemouth uh, uh, area. And of course, there have been many of those projects. Dare I say, including Hope FM, including uh, Hope FM, uh, that the council have have supported over the years. Mm. But of course, the the coming together, you know, the unity uh, of of all of us here, Christians, is incredibly important, mm. isn't it? Mm. Uh, you, what, what is it? The, uh, the 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 motto of of the Keswick Convention: All one in Christ Jesus. You know, we we can come together as 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 Jesus people, as as followers of God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who are united in 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 seeking to follow Jesus. Um, that goes beyond our our ecclesiastical differences, our our theological nuances. You know, if we confess uh, Christ as as Lord, there's something wonderful and affirming in in having fellowship with one another, and um, our denominational differences. Sometimes are frustrating, but so often they enrich us. You know, um, you come to the table and you deal with a, the, the Methodist tradition of 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 uh, coming together as congregations and making congregational decisions and having lay preachers and committees and just empowering the laity. That's a phenomenal uh, tradition to to be influenced by. You you, you get involved with the uh, the URC, bringing together the congregational and the Presbyterian uh, cultures and, and approaches. You've got that reformed emphasis on the word. Or, or you've got, you know, a Baptist uh, simplicity of approach in, in worship. Or whilst, you know, some brethren and others don't tend to get involved in the more historical ecumenical uh, bodies, actually, you know, to have uh, a relationship with, with brethren and free church and Pentecostal churches, it, it, it brings everything to the table. And then, of course, you know, we, we get into relationship with the Anglicans and the, the Catholics and the Orthodox who, who bring a rich uh, ecclesiastical culture and liturgical uh, emphasis and it's just such a wonderful melting pot of of, 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 of Christian approaches and we all learn from each other and uh, and bring something to the table don't we you're listening to community now on hope FM with Keith Jones bookshop serving the community for over 50 years visit keithjones.co.uk 
Well, we were talking, uh, I'm talking to David Alton, Major David Alton, uh, who heads up the work with his wife at the Boscombe Corps of the Salvation Army. And uh, David, we've just had this, uh, the results of the census come out, and uh, and I guess that the media have been treating it a wee, wee bit like doom and gloom, mm. uh, so that, you know, they're saying that the number of people who profess to be Christians in the UK is now, I think it's just under 50% mm. and whatever. But of course, the fact is that when we had figures that were higher, than that, the fact that we're saying you know, that we're Christian, of course, it doesn't really mean anything of itself, does it? Mm. It's the Christian influence and heritage of, of a culture uh, to claim we are a Christian country. I, I'd love to unpack that with some people and say, well, what do you actually mean, mean by, by that, yeah. Christian? Uh, you know, undoubtedly, uh, Christianity has influenced every sphere of our society in terms of education and hospitals. You know, that's where... Even our government. Our government, that's and our justice system. Um, I, I guess that, that, that maybe people don't identify with organised Christianity uh, in the way that they they used to, but I can't I can't really uh, understand uh, people who say it's all doom and gloom, because people are still open spiritually. Well, that people was the are media. Searching. The media mainly, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah. Absolutely. I think people are still open and searching. I mean, you know, there's a difference between uh, espoused uh, belief and and operant belief. You know, people if they don't espouse Christianity formally the way they operate and the way they live there's an openness you know i i remember talking to somebody who was who was particularly avowed and said oh you know i'm an atheist and uh, i don't believe in this that and the other and uh, as we uh, left each other he said bye bye god bless and I just thought, <laughs> isn't that fascinating? You've just given yourself away. You know, what's well, 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 of course, a few of my atheist friends say, I'm an atheist, thank God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I, I think there is, I think there's a, a, a strong interest in, in things that are spiritual. And, and whilst, you know, we can't always dot the I and cross the T with some spirituality, inverted commas, we can, we can use that as a means by which we can we can show the gospel in our lives i mean gosh you know john's gospel um john's presenting the the, the gospel to the greeks uh, and slanting it in a such a way that actually corresponds to to, to greek thought and an idea so um yeah i i i think there are, are ways of tapping into spiritual interest and and people's curiosity and search for meaning um okay maybe organized religion hasn't necessarily uh, met people's needs and maybe uh, to be honest we've probably put them off and and i think it's fair to say that you know in the past the the church's attitudes and 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 the way it approached society haven't been the most uh, helpful yeah maybe a bit on the judgmental side absolutely yeah absolutely uh, and of course, it's quite sad, isn't it? Really, because there you are, all, all of your life. Uh, you know, you've been a teacher. Mm. You know, whether it was in the, in the college, and certainly now you're you're heading a, a wonderful work at, at, at Boscombe. But it's it's still helping people to develop in their Christian faith. And yet, people would say that folk generally don't read their Bibles, mm. find it difficult to pray, mm-hmm. and so on. How, how do you how do you personally uh, approach that? Encourage people, you know, to develop in their in their Christian walk mm. so that they can be a little bit stronger yeah so if they were asked like you were asked by your Mm. by your former girlfriend um um, what do you think about jesus (laughs) you know are you a christian um you know 
I guess our job is to help people to develop that confidence, isn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. I think the idea of, of, of strong spiritual formation is is vital. The idea, you know, the old chorus that we used to sing and possibly still sing in the Salvation Army, read your Bible, pray every day. I think those two means of, of connecting with God and hearing from God and, 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 and growing are absolutely vital. Now, how that works for you, I, I guess, is about your personality, about your spiritual about the the tradition you're part of but prayer and bible are are the the key to to growing in in relationship you know if you want a relationship with with god through jesus you need to know about jesus you need to walk with jesus and spend time with god and i i think um there are so many different ways of connecting with with bible and prayer gosh you know look at the apps and the things that are now available bible society and 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 other organizations you you look at some of the wonderful books that you could go down to keith jones and and buy on the resources are amazing and and videos and so on. Yeah, I mean, Pete Gregg, you know, the, the prayer course, Bible Society, the Bible course. There's a new course come out, I believe, called the Character Course, where a, a guy who's a professor of psychology in the uh, University of uh, Lincoln, he's uh, put together psychology and scripture and brought it together in a course. You know, there there are so many possibilities and, and, and options. Um, I think for me, the, the greatest uh, thing that I ever encountered was a book uh, by Richard Foster. I mean, gosh, it's donkey's years old now, Mm. about Christian disciplines Mm. and how you engage with times of quiet and retreat and and praying and and engaging with Scripture in different ways. You know, um, to be introduced, we were talking earlier about ecumenism, you know, to the the Jesuit idea of the prayer of examine or examen at the end of the day. Do you remember Dixon of Doc Green? Oh, yes. Oh, you're old enough, Drew. You remember Dixon of Doc Green? Hello, hello, hello. That's right. And at the end of every episode, he would sort of summarise what had happened in the episode. The, 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 Prayer of Jack Warner, wasn't Jack Warner. Jack Warner. Um, um, the the prayer of examine that says, "Lord, let's look at the day that you and I have just had. Where did I see you? Where did I uh, disappoint you? Where can I learn from the day?" And and that Jesuit idea of the prayer of examine is is a wonderful one. And of course, the uh, you know the Puritans got hold of that. Um, but that sort of thing, the idea of having a, a prayer at the end of the day where you recognise the hand of God, the idea of, of um, reading the, the word in a different way, there's something called Lectio Divina where you, you choose a passage and you chew over it like you would chew an apple. You know, you chew it, you bite it, you, you ruminate on it, you swallow it. What is the scripture saying to me? Not read because you're preparing a sermon, not read because you're doing a test, just abiding with the scripture and going, what shines for me today? Because you can read a passage of scripture this week and read the same passage next week get something and get different. two different things because mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit works like that. Yeah. So there's, there's ways of engaging with prayer and Bible that, mm. that, that just are so exciting and enriching. And, mm. and you think, oh, people, you, you, mustn't, uh, you, you mustn't neglect this. You mustn't be disappointed because it's part of that richness and fullness that Jesus promises. When he says, I've come to give you life in all its fullness, engagement with prayer and Bible is part of that fullness and that growing in Christ. Mm. I like it. I'm glad that you quoted that that, that scripture. It was one of my favorite uh, pieces of scripture in, in the Bible where Jesus talks about giving us the 
absolute best in life, mm. full, overflowing, abundant, you know. Uh, but yet people still think that God's this big ogre in the sky mm. who's looking for ways in which to sort of um, tell us off or, or to discipline us. Uh, mm. And where, of course, why well, we know that discipline is part of Christian experience and so on. But actually, it's more about getting the very best out of life, isn't it? Absolutely. You know, I think years ago, was it J.B. Phillips wrote a book about your God is too small? Mm. And he presented God as a bank manager a head teacher, a policeman. And and people's idea of God is this this disapproving God who 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 judges them. Yes, of course scripture talks about judgment that, that we all face, but it talks about a redeeming saviour who came to give us life in all its fullness. And through a relationship with Jesus, you know, you can have a full, purposeful deep, rich, colourful life. Um, but you, you you really need to engage with Christ in, in order to receive the, 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 the blessings and promises that he gives. And maybe that's our, the window of opportunity for, the, for the, the gospel, isn't it? Because, I mean, when you look at the modern world, with all of its philosophies and so on, for, for all of it, there's still, you know, a, a, very, a lot of pain, a lot of suffering mm. around. Uh, I know that, uh, the, that you, in the Savage Army tradition, you have the mercy seat mm. when, you know, when you give a challenge and you invite people to come to what is essentially a, a, a place yes. uh, uh, where they would meet, kneel, humbly kneel mm. before God. Mm. Uh, but of course, it's a starting point, isn't it? Just like you with your girlfriend all those years that's ago, right. that's, uh, right. uh, that, that starting place to yeah. begin what actually should be the most exciting, challenging journey of, of anybody's life. That's right. It, the, 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 the mercy seat or penitent form is a, is a, f- um, a, a hangover from Methodism. The idea that Wesley would, would make an appeal and people would kneel in penitence and faith. But it, it takes its imagery from the Ark of the Covenant mm-hmm. and where, you know, God would, would meet uh, with Moses in the tent of meeting and, and, and the mercy seat was part of the, the Ark of the Covenant. And, and the idea of, of meeting with, with God at the mercy seat, it's the idea that, that we as humanity meet with, with God. The, the wood is not special. The, 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 the carpet is not special. It's the moment and the engagement that's special. But to have somewhere in a meeting, uh, in a hall, where you can come. Um, I mean, they say if you walk through the door of a church, the architecture tells you everything. You walk through a Catholic church or an Anglican church, the altar is the focus for the sacrament. Mm-hmm. You walk into a Reformed church of one kind or another, the pulpit and the word <coughs> is, is, is the focus. In the Salvation Army... There you are, the mercy seat that says God is available to the whosoever at every and any moment. All you need to do is come and make a response. And do you still invite people to the Ooh, mercy yes. seat? Yes, yes. I mean, we invite people to, to make a, 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 a commitment to God, a first-time faith commitment for people to renew their commitment to come in, in prayer, to come in penitence. Um, it's we, we call it the place of prayer, trying to say, look, it's not just a, a penitence form. It's not just a, a, a seat where you could come if you've been in trouble. Mm. Actually, it's a place where you're just publicly saying, I need to come, I need to pray, and I need those around me to pray for me. Um, and, and so it, it's still a focus of Salvation Army worship. Um, and if people seek to, to kneel uh, and pray, then my wife or I or, or one of our elders will come and pray with them. If they indicate they need to be alone and spend time with God, 
nobody's going to bother them. Mm. It is such a, a, a wonderful... It's a special uh, place, a, a, me- special a meeting place with God himself, yes. isn't it? Yeah. Our sign- signifying that. Mm. Let's have your next piece of music. Mm. Of course, another place that people did travel to was that manger in Bethlehem. Mm. And of course, that lovely carol away in a manger is your next choice uh, from from the new album. Absolutely, it's it's uh, it's the simplicity of the song. It's the the childlike simplicity of the the, the lyrics, um, and and it engages people of of no tradi- church experience or tradition. Last night at the Rotary Carol Service for Boscombe and Southbourne Rotary that we hosted at the Salvation Army, you know, uh, away in a manger is one of those things that granny and granddad, mum and dad and, and we children can sing together and it touches something uh, in a way that maybe uh, the more complex and profound songs can't.
Uh, now, just taking a little break in the programme to say, uh, are you into the world of catering? Uh, and indeed, uh, are you looking for a new job uh, because at the church where I worship that's Emmanuel Church over in Southbourne we need a new catering manager we have a fantastic cafe called uh, Jubilate and uh, hundreds of people are going through that little cafe nothing you know sandwiches and baguettes and uh, you know light food and so on but our wonderful catering manager is moving on to pastures new and so we have a vacancy now if you would like us to send you some information about that vacancy then just drop me a line that's Blair C at HopeFM.com. Blair C at HopeFM.com. And we'll send you a, a, a pack that will tell you a lot more uh, about the job. You might like to visit us down uh, at Southbourne where the church is is best. And uh, and we can have a chat and and send you out a, an application form. So that's Emmanuel Church over in, in Southbourne, Jubilati. And we need a catering manager. I was, hope, I was going to ask you, David, but uh, I thought that maybe adding catering, you know, to your many other responsibilities might just be a step too far at this time it is the busiest time of the year oh gosh yes yeah absolutely and we've just finished we're in the process of finishing our toy appeal which will and of course that was that was with the entertainer wasn't it some of that is with the entertainer but there are lots of organizations and companies and individuals who contribute to uh, to our our uh, uh, toy appeal and i reckon you know we will have helped uh, in excess of gosh well hundreds of 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 young people and and children at this time of year you know families in in particular need and we have great relationship with schools with social workers with other agencies that we've been able to 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 harness people's goodwill and provide families with with toys and i guess there must be even greater need this year because obviously because of the economic downturn Mm. and on the high rate of inflation and the energy bills Mm. and all of it it's it's a real squeeze on families isn't it absolutely i think coming out of covid and and during covid people's uh, heartstrings were were plucked and and people were were wonderfully generous i think in these hardened economic times you know people have have helped and supported us but not in the the to the level of the they once did so it's been a struggle even for us to just provide the toys but by the grace of god and, and generosity of people we've been able to do that so we know that there are families who are going to have a a, a decent uh, Christmas in terms of uh, presents for their, their their children, but you know, gosh, hun- I'd say hundreds of of families helped, which is fantastic. But the, the the big thing that we're on with now, of course, is preparing for our Christmas Day meal. We'll uh, probably have done that for years. Oh you? gosh, yes, yeah. It's it's always been a joy to to host people who would otherwise be on their own, folk who are marginalised and what have you. So this Christmas we'll have about. 70 guests and about 25 volunteers we're absolutely full now we're booked up completely with guests and we, we can't take any more and equally we're, we're booked up with volunteers we're actually turning volunteers away and of course those those volunteers aren't necessarily all christian folk are they? no not at all i the first year we came uh, there was a, a lovely jewish gentleman who helped us uh, with with uh, our christmas day activities and there are lots of folk who would say look i'm an atheist but i want to do good 
And well, do you know what? Um, our Come and God, do it. Come and do it. <laughs> our God is big enough that in His 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 love and grace, He uses people of faith and no faith to to uh, fulfil His purposes. Of course, the thing is that we were all once in that position, weren't we? In all sorts of shapes. You know, some of us atheists, some of us agnostic. Yes. Yeah, many of us, certainly a million miles away from God. Yeah. And and I think you know the idea that we're all made in the image of God. You know, I've seen um, God at work in people's lives uh, in the way that. They They've served and and befriended and got alongside some of our guests on Christmas Day. Not everybody uh, who come and volunteers for us on Christmas Day is serving or or cooking or, or, or washing up. Praise the Lord for the washers up. But sometimes they're just sitting and having a conversation. Actually human contact relationship yeah, and that is and what coming on the back of cova that's all the more important precisely, isn't it precisely so i you know it's it's wonderful to see um you always worry that about the logistics uh, unfortunately our administrator at the church broke a leg and is out, out of action so uh, with the help of so others, you could do with a, a temporary administrator well, that's right that's right <laughs> i'm grateful for the help that members of our congregation are giving and our administrator is doing her stuff from a distance so we're getting there mm. but um you know you sit down at the end of a night and think bye there but for the grace of god you know there's another day i didn't think i'd get through but the prayer is strong the coffee is strong and and the lord is good and one day at a time <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <Lena> martel <laughs> absolutely uh, indeed now the other thing i wish you'd talk about is the holy spirit really because because mm. when obviously uh, uh, i i often say to people that you know if you knew you were going to die tomorrow so jesus knew mm. that he was going to die he also knew of course the reason why he was going mm. to die and was going to rise again but of course the the importance of last words and the last words of Jesus uh, to his disciples, of course, was, you know, uh, I'm going away, but I'm going to send you somebody else and mm. go back. Uh, don't do anything. Just go back to Jerusalem and wait. And of course, it was the coming of the Holy Spirit. And I know that you're quite keen that this would be one of your next big projects in the Salvation Army. But why Why is the Holy Spirit so important? I, you look at our movement, the Salvation Army, you know, emblazoned on our flag, out the flag, the yellow, red and blue yeah. are symbols of God, the Father, Son and Holy Spirit. And all our ceremonies are undertaken under that. And we march behind that triune flag. But the wording on our flag says blood and fire. Fire. Um, You know, the blood of Christ uh, shed for our sins, but the fire of the Holy Spirit who indwells believers, who enables us to be the people of God. You know, that sanctifying, purifying spirit. We need the Holy Spirit to be the people of God. We need the Holy Spirit to to be the church, to 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 empower all that we seek to be and, and do in the world. You know, if we if we don't continually come seeking the Holy Spirit and asking, um, you know, he ain't going to force himself. The Holy Spirit's a gent. He's not going to force himself on us. If we ask and seek, he will empower us. He will work in us. We have to throw the the, the, the doors of our lives, uh, including the dark places, open to the Holy Spirit that he can bring uh, his his presence, his power and strength. Um, you know, we, we need the Holy Spirit. Uh, to 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 be the people of God, and of course, you know, we we talked a lot of, uh, earlier on the program about the Word, about the Bible, mm. uh, uh, but of, but of course, it's when the the the, the Word and the Spirit mm. come together, isn't mm. it? Because you you need the Holy Spirit to interpret the, uh, the Bible to teach us and so on. So on. Uh, I I I don't know whether you've heard that phrase. You know, if you have too much of the Word, then you'll dry up, and if you have too much of just of the Holy Spirit, you'll blow up. Yes. Uh, so you really 
really need the balance of the Word and the Spirit mm. coming together. Of course, the Salvation Army have always had that right at the core. Absolutely. I, it's interesting when you read some of the early history of the Salvation Army, um, Bramwell Booth, the, the second general of the Salvation Army and the son of William and Catherine Booth, in his book Echoes and Memories, he writes various excerpts of thoughts he's, he's had about his experience. And at one point, he, he writes a, a chapter about um, some of the, the holiness meetings of the Salvation Army, where they were seeking the Holy Spirit, imploring the Holy Spirit to move and what have you. And it, it reads like a Pentecostal memoir mm. because he said uh, people were being slain in the spirit and we had racks on the wall and while they were slain in the spirit, we popped them on the rack and we carried on with the meeting. <laughs> and the way in which Bramwell Booth writes about the the empowering presence of the Holy Spirit, you know, it's like Wesley and his heart being strangely warmed. Mm. Um, there's a, a great teacher and writer in the early Salvation Army called Samuel Logan Brengel. And he writes of his experience of the, the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit where he's in Boston in the US and he runs across Boston Common. And in the book he says in his book he says, I, I loved I loved the the, the, the the animals, I loved the people on the common, I loved the trees. He had such an infilling of God the Holy Spirit that he just it poured out of him and he wanted to embrace the world and, and, and just engage with the world and, and express that fullness that he had of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and by Goodness, Blair, we need a bit of that in the church. So, we so, really do. So nothing new. Nothing new under the sun. Well, as we bring it all together, of course, the other big thing that I love about the Salvation Army is you talk about being promoted to glory, you know, and uh, it almost sort of puts a seal on what this life is really all about. And then when the moment comes for us to, to, to pass over, mm. of course, these these old uh, expressions have never really died in the Salvation Army tradition, have they? No, we, we, we have retained uh, our own language, our, our own uh, wording and approach to things. So promotion to glory is just that acknowledgement that, that, you know, you do not live then die you die then live you are promoted to the glorious presence of of christ whom you knew in life who you now know in eternal life uh, it, it, it's such a a, a wonderful term and the, that military terminology that goes along with so much of salvation army uh, life um we we can't uh, neglect that it's it's part of of who we are we're seeking to be more uh, inclusive more uh, uh, casual in some elements of salvation army life but there's some stuff that we we will never fudge on because it's it's very much part of who we are. You know, give us a flag, give us a band, give us a mercy seat, and uh, and we're there. Absolutely. So next, I mean, I used to love. I, I used to go to All Souls uh, mm -hmm. uh, language every every weekend when I was training in London. I was there for two years. But as I would go down Oxford Street, I would walk down Oxford Street to the Salvation yes. with the Salvation Army band, the banners blazing, the mm -hmm. blood and fire banners, uh, uh, and uh, and it just lifted my whole spirit, mm. you know. Uh, and there is something uh, about that that wonderful declaration uh, of the truth of the gospel that is all of our spirits. And I guess that's why the whole the Salvation Army is so respected, even you know, in this day and generation. That's right. That we're we're out there and visible and, and, and seen. Uh, the, 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 they call it the rink. The Salvation Army in that Oxford Street area is is sited on the site of an old ice rink. Ah. So we still call it the rink. And it has a Boscombe, uh, Boscombe link. Um, we have had uh, a, a couple of couples who have led the Salvation Army at Boscombe 
who've also been the commanding officers of the rink in London. Um, some some lovely godly people who have who have gone on to to the rink uh, in their appointment. But yeah, that that uh, presence in the community in in towns and cities and and villages of that the 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 folk of the Salvation Army. It's it's great. Well, as we go out for the band, thank you so much, David. And Bless going you. out to good old Salvation Army band tune. This is joy to the world. But so for me, Blair, and from David, it's goodbye. God bless. Thank you. <laughs>